and welcome to another Auto Talk podcast or, or video, depending on how you are watching this. Please don't forget to push the buttons down the bottom somewhere there to uh, like and subscribe to these so that we can bring you more great content. And also, don't forget that this is a story, it's the cover story in the November issue of Auto Talk magazine. That's website uh, autotalk.com.au. Now, our guest today going to bring her into the room is Olga Redenko, the Chief Executive of Cars24. Thank you for joining us, uh, Olga. Glad to be here, Richard. Now, uh, before we get too far into what we're doing and, and talking about Cars24, you're, I wouldn't say new to the industry, but you've come from a bit of an interesting location for someone who, who, who is now uh, leading a fairly sizable business in the automotive trade, and that's from Uber Eats. So that's, that's quite the jump. Yeah, I was wondering which location you would mean, my country of origin or my last job. Uh, Uber Eats, uh, I think, couldn't be more relevant to what we're actually trying to do here uh, for the car industry. Mm -hmm. Is your your management team from the, the tech side of the ledger or are there people there from the automotive trade or is it like a whole fresh new look? No, look, it's uh, actually an amazing culture that we've created um, out of our 150 employees. I would say the split is probably 50-50. Half of them are coming from the uh, industry and half of them are completely new. Uh, and that's, you know, the beauty. You get the, the merger of the old with the new and hopefully you make something better. <laughs> so, so for those who about Cars24. Can you just give me the kind of one minute quick summary of, of what Cars24 is and a little bit of its background? Sure. Uh, well, Cars24 is an Indian-based company that launched in Australia officially only in September. So we are very, very new. Um, what we are is a fully online uh, car buying platform. So as a customer, you can, in the comfort of your home, buy a car completely online pay for it online, we arrange your financing, you get that two-minute pre-approval uh, fully online, and then the car gets delivered to your doorstep. Um, you have seven days to either fall in love with it and keep it and make it yours, or at no zero cost to you, we will take it back if it doesn't work. We have very few returns because the cars all go through an extensive check. Uh, we have a 300-point uh, check. And we also give uh, a six months warranty to all of our customers, um, which uh, it, it tells you just how important uh, quality um, of the experience for us. Really, our mission here in Australia is to transform how Australians buy cars and, you know, to get rid of that buying a lemon beer once and for all. <laughs> now, well, it must be an interesting time to, uh, to launch a new business, you know, September, a lot of COVID issues in uh, New South Wales and Victoria. Um, I mean, but arguably, I would suggest that that kind of plays into your business model. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we, and we've seen that with Uber Eats as well. You asked me where I come from. The, the moment uh, things become a bit more constrained, people open up to uh, to buying things online. I've recently moved into the country and I uh, didn't think I'd be buying so much, much furniture online without uh, you know having a feel for it but this is the beauty of the e-commerce model there is always an ability to reverse the decision and this is no different you know if you feel like uh, you've made a mistake you just give us a call and the car is going to be 
uh, back. I think um, it's taking people a little bit of time to, to figure out how that works with cars. But once they understand the process um, and a value proposition, it's really a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Where do you source your, your cars from? And I mean, do you guys have refurbishment teams? I mean, how are they prepared to go out? Yeah, we have a sourcing team and we have a refurbishment team. Our sourcing team uh, buys cars primarily from wholesale channels, Richard. So auctions, other dealers, um, we're starting slowly to get cars from consumers. I mean, we have quite a high ratio of people wanting to trade their cars back in. So we, of course, take them. Um, And our refurbishment team is also fully ours. So all the cars that we touch are inspected by our own people, uh, refurbished by our own people to the standards, the high standard that we have. Mm-hmm. And, and you've got that service that those refurbishment teams around the country is, as you expand, I understand you're looking at going into South Australia at the moment, you're about to launch in South Australia. Yeah, so we have uh, our big refurbishment facilities are in uh, Brisbane, Sydney and Melbourne. And South Australia is where we have a base for delivery. So um, it's a customer operation uh, in South Australia. So people can uh, get their car delivered, registered, um, and enjoy our service best. Can you tell me about the the new uh, service in South Australia? Um, I mean, is that part of broader expansion? I mean, when West Australia and Tasmania are uh, on the list? Yeah, good question. So obviously, we have an ambition to be everywhere eventually. It's, uh, you know, careful uh, consideration um, of when we go where. South Australia seems like a very uh, um, natural market for us to expand to. It's not really that far away from Victoria. So it's easy to uh, expand our network just a little bit down the coast. So to the west uh when we're starting to talk about things like uh, places like tasmania and, and wa i think we just need to do a little bit more prep before we venture into those markets but yes our ambition is to be national eventually mm-hmm. do you think the service will always remain used car only or is the potential there that you could look at shifting into the new we have seen some brands now start to dabble in online ordering for new vehicles is that something you'd consider in the long run? Yeah, it's an interesting um, question, Richard. I essentially think that, you know, our customer is slightly different. You know, when you think about our customer, it's the customer that's not necessarily super focused on a specific brand. They just want a decent car. They want a, a car that drives. They want a car that, uh, that looks nice. And they don't really want to pay premiums for new cars. Um, obviously, this is uh, our uh, segment is becoming very, very attractive because all of our cars are near new. Uh, most of our cars fall, you know, within the five-year uh, age uh, brackets and under a thousand, a hundred thousand kilometers. Um, so the new car buyers are actually going to um, our model a lot more because um, of the shortages in the industry. Uh, so we're seeing that. Uh, trend for sure. Will we go into the new cars? Not really in the near future. We really feel that we are adding a lot of value to the customers by letting them uh, buy within the price bracket of a a used car. So it's a value for money essentially play um, is where um, we see our sweet spot. You mentioned earlier that you asked on source 
Can you explain how the trade-in process works? Because, I mean, that must be a little more difficult to assess the vehicle and assess uh, perhaps, you know, condition, refurbishment costs uh, and price a car that you aren't necessarily physically seeing. Yeah, well, I think the consumer buying, or whether it's a trade-in or a consumer buying experience, this is where I think the industry needs to change as well and to be a lot more consumer-centric. I think uh, what happens now, uh, Richard, is there is a lot of uh, mistrust from the car buyers, the professional car buyers to the consumers. And by default, um, you know, we all assume that the customer is going to lie about the condition of the car and they're going to sell you back the lemon. So there is this mutual mistrust. Uh, the, the company that's trying to buy the car doesn't trust the customer to sell them a good car and the customer doesn't trust the, the company to, to um, you know, price the car well. So we're trying to break this mistrust circle and the only way to do it is to make the first step. So uh, we actually put the customer first in that process and we give them an offer online uh, that we don't change. So there is no uh, famous price adjustments. I remember selling my car before I launched this business as a bit of an experiment when I was quoted, uh, I think, $16,000 and through the negotiation, quote unquote, uh, ended up in the $12,000 range for no good reason, you know, and this is unfortunately the reality of the consumer experience and that's terrible. You know, and that what makes the reputation of the industry so terrible. We believe we can offer a really good competitive price to um, uh, customers uh, uh, without adjusting it in the process. They're really just very simple, hard calls. You know, your car has to be roadworthy, it has to drive. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you can't lie to us about the fundamental things, you know, like a missing door or whatever. If there's a scratch here and there, who cares? Um, you know, that's all part of the process. So I think it's not just building trust and putting consumer first uh, in the car selling journey, um, but it's also the car buying that we're trying to achieve and trade-ins is, is part of that and an illustration of that. You said some pretty tough words there about the reputation of the, the traditional trade. I mean, have you had any, any blowback from traditional operators in regards to your your uh, your comments or, or position on, on perhaps the current form of the automotive industry? No, I think actually it's amazing, Richard, what I feel like whether it's COVID or it's us entering or a combination or just the time, um, we've seen some amazing uh, shifts in the industry. There's a lot of dealers that are going digital and actually doing uh, what we're doing and trying to put the customer first. Um, and I think that's amazing. I think it's amazing the shifts that we're uh, starting to see. I think it's always going to be difficult for, um, uh, you know, smaller individual dealerships to play this game because it's a very capital intensive game and to have a national model and have national presence is harder. But I think uh, some of the local dealerships are doing an exceptional job. Uh, moving uh, their experience online and actually putting customers first. So I think it's just uh, that revolution has already started um, and we we really hope to accelerate it. Mm -hmm. How does the, and you touched on it slightly, how does the finance and insurance offering work on these sales? I guess being online makes it feel easy to automate it to a pretty high degree. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's, um, and uh, again, um, a, a few people are making the steps. I think we're so far first fully online um, experience where you get you can get from step zero, choosing your car, paying a deposit on the car and getting your finance pre-approval. So the way our process works is um, a simple, you know, 10, 10 questions, around 10 questions that we ask, give us an indication how likely you are to get the loan. and you actually get a, um, a number of options to choose from. We don't work exclusively with any lender. We work with the broker partner that generates basically the best options uh, for the customer. And um, we are about to launch our interest rate match uh, promise, which is um, if the customer uh, finds an interest rate better um, anywhere else, we will match it. Um, so. Um, it's fully online experience and it's also a very competitive offering that we believe we can offer to the customer. Now, one of the interesting features of this is the, the as we mentioned earlier, the uh, the seven day return policy. Green, have you you had many returned? I mean, what's the has that actually been a, a function that people have been utilizing? Yeah, very few. Um, and, and people think, oh, wow, you start offering returns, every second car gets returned. It's a, it's a sub 5% uh, number, which is it's actually very small. If you think about the players like um, Carvana in the US who have, you know, sold over a million cars, their return rate is sitting between in a couple of percentages. Um, the, I think the value proposition here sells um, itself. If you explain really well to a customer what the car is on the website, you know, which is where the rich product experience comes in and photography and um, uh, articulating the details of the car in the right way and also disclosing all the visual imperfections. Uh, we actually have a section on the um, page that discloses all the imperfections. So the customer knows exactly what they're getting They've already thought about which car they want. They they just really want the confidence that they've made the right call and they're not buying a lemon. So when the car arrives, um, uh, we pride ourselves on you know high quality standard. Uh, you have a happy customer who knows exactly what they're buying. So there's really no reason for them to return the car. And you know this is this is the reason why we have such a high NPS score. The Net Promoter Score, which basically tells you. How likely you are to recommend. Uh, we're sitting at uh, 85, I think 88, 88 uh, score was the last one I checked. Um, so that means nine out of 10 people give us the highest possible rating of recommending us to a friend, um, which is something I think um, we're very proud of. Excellent, excellent. Well, look, it's certainly an interesting way of, or an interesting approach to the automotive industry. It'd be be uh, good to watch how uh, how the system rolls out uh, in Australia and beyond. Uh, for joining us, that's uh, Cars Twenty Four Chief Executive Olga Rodenko. Thank you, Richard. Thanks for the opportunity.